Hey, Salt Lake, at the risk of being too personal, is your mattress sagging? If you are rolling into a taco every night, I am begging you to visit your local mattress warehouse and just try something a little firmer. Your spine is the center of your being, and I don't just want you to have good posture. I want you to Disney princess your way around this city, flush with optimism from a good night's sleep. Visit mattresswarehouseutah.com to find the location nearest you. That's mattresswarehouseutah.com. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. Our city is growing, really making a name for ourselves. So don't you think we deserve a nemesis? New York has Boston. L.A. has San Francisco. This is our time. And we are picking a fight with Denver. Here's the problem, though. They don't think we deserve to be their rival. Now, Utah Governor Spencer Cox and Colorado Governor Jared Polis recently came together and called upon their constituents to, quote, disagree better. So you know what? We're trying that today. It's Thursday, July 27th. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake, crashing CityCast Denver. What's up, CityCast Denver? Host Bree Davies, lead producer Paul Caroli. Thank you for having Emily Means and I today so that we can pick a fight with you about whether or not we are rival cities. Hi, Allie. I'm so ready to fight with you in the nicest way possible. <laughs> Thank Let's you. Let's have a good old-fashioned Midwestern brawl. <laughs> <laughs> I need to explain why we're even why we're why we're cross-pollinating here our shows. Um, we heard that you all want to be our rival city, and we were kind of like, mm, yeah, Salt Lake, who, whatever. But yeah, we heard that. <laughs> But our governor, Governor Polis, did call on us to disagree better. So uh, we want to figure out how to do that. Um, I, I guess I'm going to throw it directly to you, Salt Lake. I, I want to know why you guys think Salt Lake and Denver are rival cities to begin with. Okay, first, Bree, let me apologize for my initial tone and instead <laughs> offer you uh, a, a sign of goodwill from your friends in Salt Lake City here is a metaphorical pink crumble box of cookies. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you should just know that this this is really important to us. So, you know, next time you're here, we'll bring you to crumble and, you know, you won't like it, but at least you'll feel the warmth. OK, Ooh. Yeah, let's actually stop there on the you won't like it piece, because I have been wanting to talk about crumble here. Oh, no. It seems like this is like a big thing for you all right now, crumble cookies. It, and uh, it's quite bad. It, what you happened? Know, it is. How did you produce this terrible cookie? We're, we're not going to make any excuses for crumble, okay? But just know no. that it's really important to us. It's our official state pile of goo. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we just recently got another crumble. We've we've had a couple locations here in Colorado, but this is a cookie company out of Salt Lake City. And uh, Ali, you sort of just described something about the cookie that I think Paul also didn't like. But what is what is crumble all about? I can't believe I opened this can of worms. I'm so I know. Sorry. I, know. <laughs> I was like, okay, let me give you just like the quick cookie rundown, which is basically that Utah 
is a predominantly, the predominant religion in Utah is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which forbids people from drinking coffee or alcohol. And so our, like, for people who are members and are looking for a way to like, I don't know, go out and have a thing to do, something that's really popular is like this dessert culture. Like it's almost like sugar is is our favorite drug here in Utah. It's our vice. And so because of that, we have like an almost endless number of cookie companies. <laughs> the thing about Crumble, which has thrown its stake in the ground and become sort of like, I mean, they were recently profiled by the New York Times. Like they, they have oh. made it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so um, they, these cookies are like heavily frosted, heavily decorated. There's a million kajillion bizarre flavor combinations. But like what they're kind of known for is being not crispy. Like the center of them is very, very cakey and almost gooey and incredibly sugary. And that's just not a texture or a flavor profile that works for everyone. And particularly Emily and I, who have made it our business to absolutely shred crumble on CityCast Salt Lake every chance we get. (laughs) Okay, so uh, please take this token of our state's goodwill as we enter this conversation about why Salt Lake City is, in fact, Denver's most formidable rival. (laughs) Okay. Well, do you want to save your argument for later or do you want to have it right now? No, I feel like we covered it. I, I liked it. I, I like this gesture. I mean, it's... Uh, but you hate it, the cookie. Yeah, it's a very bad cookie. It's a very bad cookie and I don't respect the cookie, but I like that Salt Lake has this unique cookie culture. That's interesting. That's formidable. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Paul. Well, Thank you. you know. <laughs> we do what we can. Okay, so I'll save the comparisons to uh, your vices to our vices because we can talk about that later as a place that just legalized mushrooms. <laughs> um, but what I, I just I want to get to this like what is what makes us rivals to you guys? Okay, what makes yeah. Denver and Salt Lake City true rivals? Listen, rivals need to have enough in common to challenge each other. And Brie, you cannot deny the similarities between us, okay? It's like, what, an hour-long flight from Salt Lake City to Denver. So regionally, we, okay. we, we are rivals. We've got mountains. We've got skiing. We've got beer and stuff. We've got altitude. We have a dwindling water supply. Yeah. <laughs> We hey. we both have water crises, and uh, I I will say in researching uh, for this show, other people also acknowledge that we are natural rivals. Okay, now I heard on your show, Bree, uh, that you took a little offense to our comments about the Nuggets. I just want to say congratulations on your championship. <laughs> but like the Denver Nuggets and Utah Jazz are the only NBA teams in the Rockies. So there is a natural rivalry there. Right. So I don't think you can just ignore it. No, I just felt you were a little dismissive of our crowning achievement of the last 50 years for that. team. <laughs> no, I can I can see that it's huge for you guys. Thank <laughs> and you. it'd be huge Thank for, you for us for letting too. us have that. Paul, I, I want to maybe you want to talk about the altitude thing, because I feel like you did a little research on. So Denver is the mile high city. We are very proud of being 5,280 feet high. It is a thing that you see on T-shirts and bumper stickers and signs everywhere. But Paul, what did you discover about Salt Lake City's mountain situation? The altitude is just one piece of it. I mean, it's it's a indicative of a bigger issue with your point here. And that's that Denver's just way bigger. We have way more people. Our population is like twice the size. Our elevation, like Bree's alluding to, is 
maybe 25% higher. We're just a little bit bigger and a little bit richer, a little bit more diverse, a little bit better. And that's the feedback we've gotten from our listeners over the last two weeks. And that's people here don't really think about Salt Lake. We've got plenty going on. Hmm. Well, I mean, I will say, I do think that part of the reason that we think of Denver as a rival is because it feels in some way like you all are just a couple years ahead of us in all of those things that you've named, Paul. And so it's like when we're thinking, for example, about growth, right, which for cities in the West is always top of mind, like we often get compared to Denver or compare ourselves to Denver as an example of like a direction we could go in our growth paradigm, right? So it's like we as this growing, growing city in the West are always looking around and sort of site surveying. Like, because I think what it comes down to maybe perhaps, and I don't mean to undermine our own argument here, is like maybe a bit of a lack of imagination, is that like our city leaders and we as residents, when we think about what our city is growing into, instead of imagining something brand new, we feel the need to grasp at other cities around us as an example of the thing we would grow into. And like Denver is the closest straw. That's that's fair. I could see that. I mean, I think a Denver itself struggles with that uh, vision of itself. So I wouldn't I wouldn't knock yourselves down too much for that, because I think sometimes Denver has a hard time realizing it's a cool place. I think sometimes we don't realize we're cool and we don't have to be somebody else. But right. um, something else, I <laughs> I went to the bowels of the internet where all the important conversations are happening, uh, Reddit, and mm. an argument I kept seeing was Denver versus Salt Lake. We both have mountains and we both have uh, outdoor like lifestyle, right? Like that's a, a big thing for you all. Mm-hmm. I, I sure is. Snowboarding but also mountain biking, just being in the mountains. And the argument I kept seeing was Salt Lake City is better because the drive to the mountains is shorter and there's no traffic. Yeah. And I, I saw that a back lot to this, too. <laughs> did you? The yes. problem that I have with that is like, we are the traffic. So if you're just sending people to Salt Lake because it's better for less traffic, you're just going to make the traffic. So I don't think that's a great argument. Hmm. Okay. I have to be honest. And, you know, Ali and I, we're both coming from this position of we are not skiers. Um, And so I don't know how long it really takes to get to a (laughs) ski resort here. We have terrible traffic troubles as well, especially during ski season. But our mountains are just like right over there. Where are your mountains in comparison to Denver? I mean, to me, they're just right over there. Paul, what do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I, I saw the numbers. I I understand that it takes a, a slightly less time to drive to the mountains from Salt Lake than it does from Denver. Mm-hmm. One point for us. I, I think we could give it to him, don't you think, Paul? Sure. Hey, CityCast. I'm Jen. I live in Bear Valley, and I think it's hilarious that Salt Lake thinks that they're even in the same as Denver. Um, I grew up just outside of Salt Lake and I left about as soon as I turned 18 and I'll never go back. (laughs) Denver has so much more personality, so much more culture. That was the only thing that Salt Lake has going for it, uh, and I'm about to piss a lot of people off, is you can get to more skiing faster and it's better skiing. So if you want to go on a ski vacation, maybe go visit Salt Lake. 
and then come back here and enjoy everything else wonderful that Denver has to offer. Salt Lake City, what if this is the year you host Easter dinner or brunch? Harmon's makes big meals easy to prepare with delicious holiday specialties made from scratch. Just heat and serve, baby. Lay a pre-cooked honey ham on the table and absorb the compliments from your family or friends. They don't need to know you napped instead of staring down the oven. And if you're not the host but need something to bring, here are just a few of my favorite spring ideas. First of all, Harmon's fragrant Easter lilies will impress anybody's mom or delight a neighbor. Now there's no need to even heat up a pre-made side like deviled eggs or fresh cut pineapple, but bonus points if you transfer them into your own dish. And as listeners of this show well know, I will lose my mind if you show up to my house with Harmon's hot cross buns. I invite you to make some new Easter traditions with Harmon's. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Who do you all think Denver's rival is if it's not us? Oh, man, I'm such a Denverite. I generally don't think about anyone else. I We are the best. I don't know. Paul might have a better answer for this. No, I, I feel the same way. I, I really feel like Denver is so isolated here on this like western edge of the high plains. Mm. There aren't good comps for us. It's a very mm. unique place, Denver. Isn't this yeah. the argument Allie was making, which you all totally shot down? <laughs> That people from Denver are like, oh my God, Denver is the best place ever. We have the longest beards and <laughs> the, yeah. best I mean, the best chains and in you flannel. All, you all co-signed her argument. Well, okay. I guess when I think about Denver, the Denver that Allie was describing is the Instagram Denver. It's not the Denver that I know. And so mm. when I think about what makes Denver incredible, it's like our arts community and our history of activism. And I mean, the food too, for sure, is something I think about all the time. And so I would just say I don't co-sign Allie's argument for the version of Denver that I feel like is sold to people outside of the state. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Paul, what do you think? No, I, I think the same. I, like you all on your show have talked about how uh, national media so often looks at Salt Lake City through the lens of Mormonism. Yes. Denver has that similar thing going on with the last 10 years of this big population explosion where a lot of like young, affluent millennials have come here and that's the Denver people know when they think about Denver today. But it, mm -hmm. like Bree said, it's so much richer. Yeah. Well, and those young affluent millennials tend to be obsessed with public transit. And I do feel like that's why if I were to name something that I think contributes to a rivalry between our two cities, it would be that you all have made some transit decisions that I think we as a city are a little bit jealous of. And I don't know, maybe we're going to get the Olympics in 2030 or 2034 <laughs> and that will lead to some exciting like transit projects. But like we would love our Rio Grande terminal or like former sort of now defunct train station to look like your 
big Denver train Union station. station. Union mm. station. That is like very real for us in this rivalry. You're hitting. We want a, what you've got. <laughs> I, but you don't know what we have, and if it's really what you've seen or have heard it to be. But Paul and I might disagree here. Paul, you know what? I want you to make the case about our transit because you know how I feel about it. I, I feel the same way as you. Our transit system is not great. It's <laughs> underfunded. It doesn't serve enough of the city well enough to achieve our climate goals. But Union Station specifically is is beautiful. I mean, what an achievement. That's, yeah. that's a point of pride for our whole city, I think, is that historic, the renovation of yeah. that historic icon that has become such a centerpiece for a new downtown, which, you know, not as many people are enjoying as they did before the pandemic, but still, it's it's very beautiful. It, it, and walking down there in the morning, heading into work, going through downtown and seeing the buzz, and then, oh, you turn right and it's like that big, beautiful Orange Union Station sign. It's, it makes you feel good. That's paint, that picture that Paul just painted is absolutely lovely until you walk into Union Station and you need to use the bathroom and they make you buy something. Oh, and it's you don't have public be... bathrooms either? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> we have so much in common. So, you guys. <laughs> can I can I make one more point about transit? I do enjoy that train line from the airport to downtown, although it's quite a long ride. Our uh-huh. train from the airport to downtown is a similarly long ride, but um, we both have that going for us. I just want to <laughs> let you know. Uh, I think DIA, DIA, is that what you would call it? D- yes. Do you call it DIA mm-hmm. locally? No. No, DIA. <laughs> okay, yeah. DIA. It's actually the Denver it's airport. <laughs> yes. Yeah, DIA makes you sound like a local. Oh, okay. Yeah, DIA. Um, I think that's a terrible airport and I'm so sorry. Like I've had bad experiences there. I feel like I need to, I'm the kind of person who arrives two hours before my flight, you know, regardless of where I'm flying to. I feel like I need to arrive three hours before my flight to get through DIA. And we just had this big airport revamp in Salt Lake City and it is, it's pretty freaking slick y'all. So I would Mm -hmm. love for you all to experience it, maybe come Come say hi to us. I don't know. Fly in. I I actually am going to take that a step further and say I think you all should be embarrassed of your airport. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Third busiest airport in the world at one point. I'm sorry. That doesn't I, mean that uh, it's I'm the sorry? most functional. <laughs> yeah, this is not the resonating with me, I got to say. Our, bananas our in there. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Oh, God. Absolutely. Absolutely. Also, we try not to speak poorly of it because Blucifer might get angry. <laughs> I know. I know. Okay, I do, you do have that going for you. Blucifer is really a statement, y'all. <laughs> and Blucifer, for folks who don't know, is a giant statue that greets you as you're leaving the airport or as you're coming to the airport. Uh, it's a big blue Mustang with glowing red eyes that I find to be a very polarizing piece of artwork. Um, some people, most people really love it. I am not in that camp, but it definitely sets a tone. I think it definitely sets a tone for our airport, which is also just laden with conspiracy theories. Well, the tone it sets, which is appropriate, is welcome, good luck, good luck in there. <laughs> I do want to make a kind of a more sweeping point about our rivalry, because this is something I've been thinking about a lot, which is that, and I don't mean to undermine Emily and I's, you know. For the second time? Reason, raison d'exister here. But I think that what we actually have in common, Salt Lake and Denver, 
that I think fuels for us in Salt Lake, or at least for Emily and I, this sense of rivalry is more about how people view us both externally than how mm. we view ourselves. And in that way, I think our rivalry might be a little bit more existential mm-hmm. because someone said something to me that I thought was so interesting a couple weeks ago, which was Salt Lake is what people on the East Coast think Denver is. As these two cities in the West that are the product of an ongoing manifest destiny, <laughs> um, we are we have become arrival zones for a lot of people who want to make a new life in a different part of the country or the world. And what those people expect when they land in each of our cities, I think, is unusually similar given how different our cities actually are. And I think that, like, I think transplants in some way are kind of fueling this debate more than locals (laughs) would. And so that's like kind of also how I'm thinking about about this rivalry. Um, but I don't know how you all feel about that, that take. I mean, you brought up the T word, which we don't even barely say on our show anymore, which is transplants. It's just so mm. polarizing. Um, you know, I see nuance to that argument, Allie, and I agree with you to a certain extent. I think some folks' vision of Denver and Salt Lake's Um, are similarly informed by external forces. Um, But I still think there are folks that come to our cities that don't have those preconceived notions and actually just come here to make a way for themselves or see it as a really beautiful place and want to be a part of that. And it's like, it's a really hard, it's a hard thing to talk about without alienating someone. But I I guess I just, I constantly have this vision or this thought of the, the Instagram version of Colorado that like makes my skin crawl. Yeah. Well, and I guess Brie, like part of the thing for me that I realized recently is spending a little bit more time in Denver. I too fell victim to that publicity. (laughs) Like I anticipated to be greeted by a city that felt more like a mountain town and that self-identified mm-hmm. more as a mountain town. Yep. And I think Salt Lake on the spectrum of like mountain town to, I don't know, Paris, right? <laughs> like <laughs> I think Salt Lake is closer to mountain town. And I think, but if I, like now that I've spent more time in Denver, if I really had to, like if I were to put myself in your shoes and I was going looking for a rival city for you all, I don't think it would be us. I think it's Chicago. (laughs) Is it because you're both Midwestern cities? Yes, it's because Denver actually just kind of feels like a Midwestern city. Like it didn't feel like a mountain town. Like I was like, this is more like Minneapolis than Salt Lake. I'm sorry. We are, oh my gosh. I do cling a little bit to our Western identity. Like we are in the West. We are not the Midwest. We don't even try to say we're the Midwest. But you know what, Paul, I really have to bring you into this conversation as a person from the Midwest who moved here. What are your thoughts on Ali's Ali's perception or idea? I I liked Ali's idea. Although (laughs) I I do have one listener comment I want to share. And maybe Bree, this is more directed at you than our colleagues in Salt Lake, but could offer us all a bit of a resolution. If you're interested. I'm ready. So this is a listener named Casey B. Um, He said he's from Salt Lake and shared his view on 
I mean, he had a lot to say about Salt Lake's uh, insecurities and the founding and Brigham Young and all that <laughs> stuff. He lives in Denver now. But Casey wrote, that said, we've all had struggling friends who need to build up their confidence. <laughs> and in that spirit, I think CityCast Denver should fully embrace SLC as our nemesis city if it will help SLC feel better about themselves. <laughs> and they have a lot they should be proud of. Aw, well, you know, that took a turn. I mean, it went from like patronizing to uh, condescending back to patronizing (laughs) to uplifting. (laughs) I mean, what do you think? Can we be rivals? Will you accept us as rivals? Please, Denver. Are you open to being our nemesis? Please think of us. I, I just, I, I don't know. I feel like for me, there's more I want to learn about Salt Lake City because honestly, the that sort of Mormon veneer you guys talked about is the thing that annoys me the most is like, that's all people know. How do I get to know what the real Salt Lake City is like? Like, what is the actual narrative beyond that? Because sure, that's one part of it. But how else has your city been informed by the people that have moved there? And I, I don't know if I want us to be rivals as much as I want us to learn more about each other. <laughs> You want well, to be friends? respect each other. I want us to be friends. I mean, I, I in in researching Salt Lake City for this episode, I learned a lot of things. Uh, you know, didn't know anything really about Salt Lake beforehand, but um, it seems like a pretty cool place. Interesting place. I'm interested in these better cookies that you've mentioned. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> Emily and I will just keep fighting with each other then, but it's been great spending time with you. <laughs> We would I love know. to host you. I didn't know we were so bullish in Salt Lake, Emily, but maybe we aren't good ambassadors for our city because we're just out here trying to pick fights. Yeah. Real chip on our shoulders. <laughs> we do the same thing. That's fine. Okay, fine. We'll disagree better. Hey, this is Tom from Clayton, and I just wanted to say that I don't think about Salt Lake City at all, and I think most Denverites are the same. There's not really much more to say other than that. And I think the fact that we're talking more about it is just giving them more credit than is due. Thanks. To the person who left that incredibly rude voicemail with CityCast Denver, I'm going to tell your governor on you. And he's going to be so pissed. Because Governor Polis and Governor Cox's Disagree Better initiative is getting a surprising amount of national attention. The campaign is Cox's first as chair of the National Governors Association. He says, healthy conflict makes for better policy. And so we need to imbue our national political discourse with more civility. Governors Cox and Polis say they intend to model what healthy conflict looks like for all of us. Here are some of the strategies being encouraged. Recording an ad with a neighboring governor from a different party, a legislator from an opposing party, or a campaign opponent. Writing an op-ed with someone from the other party on a topic of common ground. Or hosting a debate at a college or university that models healthy conflict to future generations. So I guess what I would like to know at this point is, okay, sure, disagree better. But about what? Exactly. That is all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Thank you for listening. We will be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city. And if you have a friend who is thinking about moving to Denver, maybe encourage them to try listening to our show, CityCast Salt Lake. Maybe they'll like the city more. All right. Bye. Bye.